Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lava Pool. I'm your host, Samuel, Dr. Fidget Harsma, and joining me, as always, buried under snow, is Temporal. Hello. Well, how is the weather over there? Um, it's actually not as much snow as I, we expected originally. We were told 17 inches on Monday, and it's like three, but it's been very windy. Oh. So I've been hearing the winds oh. around my house as I woke up, and I was like, ah, yes, there's this, this is the blizzard. Yeah, yeah, that's... I'm, I'm glad you didn't get completely buried. Uh, I know there was a little bit of a worry there. But what's this? A knock at the door? Is is someone else here? Why? Why, it's Gabby Snyder. Hi, I am here. Hi. Surprise! I, I, I don't oh, come well, bearing gifts, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Well, how, how's the weather over by you? Um, It is very rainy, and apparently we are about to be hit by a uh, polar cyclone bomb, I think was the technical term. <laughs> So it's like about in the 40s and wet, and it's about to turn all to ice in the span of about eight hours. So it'll be great. Oh, fun. Sounds wonderful. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and is that someone else at the door? A caroler? A caroler? Who could that be? <laughs> Why, it's Toler Webb. <laughs> Hello! Can I please have some figgy pudding? Uh, I think we might actually still have some in the back, yes. Oh, great. Yes, come, come on in. Take your shoes off. Yeah. Like, tell us, what have you been up to for the last five years? I don't know. I've just been in school the whole time. I'm still in school. Uh, it's great. I remember school like it was 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I am so glad you guys are back for the show today. Hey, it's also been probably about five years since we've been doing this regularly. But yes, uh, Temporal has been the new co-host, and she has been amazing so far. Doing my best. <laughs> and yeah, let, let's jump right into it, because we got a bunch of news on the circuit today. As of like a day ago, we finally got the announcement that we are having a CP bar again, and it is about three quarters of what it was the last couple years. Yeah, uh, I'm, I was very excited to see that because I, I know that a lot of people were super stressed out last year, given that the bar was still 400 and that we had like half as many events. Um, so it's great that they've kind of done the inverse of that this time around with more events and a lower bar. Um, and I think that there's certainly enough interest as well that we could reliably hit some of the kickers for uh, payouts too. So I feel like it's going to be a good year for people trying to qualify for Worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know so many people were like, oh, are they going to lower the bar? We were potentially speculating it. We were, you know, of course, hoping for it because we only have half a season, but um, it'll be, I, I'm hoping we'll get a lot of people at Worlds. I know that I think they still try to um, be like, oh, um, they try to kind of, not like cap the numbers, but they try to like, you know, some manipulate the numbers at Worlds, but I do think we'll get a solid amount, of, maybe more than London would be great, um, as the game keeps growing. Um, I know, you know, you still have to do pretty well at regionals, especially since, uh, they're kind of spread out all over the United States and we only have so many, um, but yeah, I, I think, think Europe great. only has five. Yeah, and then Oceania only has two. They have two regionals. They uh, wow. they had Brisbane 
just like basically shadow announced and that was the beginning of december but for a video game they only have um two other regionals and then the international championships so you know 200 uh, i think is top 64 the international championships so you know a bunch of people okay. may be able to get their invite then but you know only being able to go to two regionals you know you have to top eight twice if you don't get any championship points at the international championships or well you know if the questionable local scene occurs as well it looks like to qualify just from the international championships you need to get uh top 16 actually oh it's top 16 yeah 200 for 9th through 16th and then 160 for 17th through 32nd oh dang uh, i trusted twitter too much someone mentioned top 64 and i was like oh that's sure that's fair i haven't checked the cp now it's in a bit um but yeah oh maybe um, someone got it from like the uh, open i don't know or i trusted twitter. maybe it was a senior Maybe, yeah. Or maybe. Was a senior. yeah. Junior and senior bars are very low. Yes, they are. Like, uh, top eight at a regional will get you your invite for juniors everywhere except for the U.S., in which case you would need 30 more points. So, considering how low the numbers at most regionals are and there is no kicker for top eight, uh, almost... I'm going to guess most of the people that play in juniors at a regional will get a world's invite. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. And what's nice for Oceana is hopefully, like, since it's in Japan, they'll be able to go because I'm for sure juniors who maybe just go to a regional and they can't necessarily always afford unless they're really chasing all those travel stipends. Um, So maybe we'll see more juniors at at worlds for Oceana, which would be great. Well, it's not just juniors who have to worry about that, especially with uh, entry fees and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it it seems like the bigger challenge this year is um, less so qualification. Although three hundred is still a hard bar for masters, but the the bigger challenge is actually getting to worlds for a lot of the people thinking about going. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I think about a month ago, I checked the flights because I wanted to see if I could book mine. Since not that I have any idea when the dates are, I just know that I'll probably be in Japan for enough enough of a period of time that I can like book my flights and just be confident that worlds will fall within that range um or just pay a hundred dollars yeah, to move them um i think since 2012 it has always been the third yeah. saturday of august yeah so. and that's kind of what i'm basing my assumptions on um but like i checked and from boston to tokyo haneda which i believe is the oh that's the smaller airport so maybe it was narita um it was like three thousand dollars round trip, like, oh, and this is this far out, <laughs> so yeah, I I definitely feel for people who qualify but might not be able to raise the funds this year because as awesome as it is that we're having worlds in Japan, and how unfair of it it is for everywhere else in the world to have to pay these kind of prices normally, it's a it's a tough year for Americans who aren't used to spending that money. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, sort of put myself in the boat of like, well, I need to do really well at regionals <laughs> um, to justify it in in any way, shape, or form. Especially because I'm a student, I imagine that's the case for a lot of the people listening. Not necessarily that they're students, but that they don't like, I don't know, even have full time jobs or whatnot. Yeah, they have for sure. A younger like, crowd. Three, because three thousand on top of already traveling to all these regionals, it's it's, it's absolutely insane. Like I can mm-hmm. absolutely see someone who does go to Japan spend five to six thousand dollars this season, if not more, on just going to events and everything, and that's just that's a very large sum of money. Well, good news, everyone. Yeah. I guess um, 
August right now, at least looking at flights, the highest price I'm seeing is sixteen zero seven. So prices have come okay. down. It's possible that I just like picked a bad combo. Bad time. Yeah, a bad time when I looked earlier, but it's still okay. Yeah, I so I typically fly Delta, so like I was checking the Delta prices. But if you're okay to pick a different airline, like you yeah. have some options, but it's still a couple of thousand dollars with all the fees and everything. Like that's a yeah, lot not, of money. Not to mention all the money I'd spent at the Pokemon centers in Japan. <laughs> oh, that's its yeah. own problem. Just oh, saving absolutely. all year. <laughs> Oh, we saw the University and Cuties, yeah. though, just get announced, so that's going to make my wallet a little more sad in terms of yeah, this saving. Is my <laughs> Gen 5, it's very nostalgic for me personally. I'm kind of debating whether or not I need to get yeah. my Worlds team from that year as Sitting oh, Cuties. Oh, you have to. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. It's not too bad. It's, what, like, maybe $60? And it's free shipping, so maybe. Well... It's somewhere in the range of sixty to one hundred and twenty dollars. I yeah, I, I think you've got the right range there. Free Maybe. shipping. I I kind of have to do it, right? I can't not do it. <laughs> exactly. We have time. It's fine. Oh man. Yeah, there's time. They're not. They're not going to even be available anytime soon. Maybe I can ask the right person for a gift. Speaking of, uh, Sam, I was wondering if I could proposition you for some sitting cuties uh, this coming spring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, well, I, I spent all of my plush money on walruses last year. So. <laughs> As you should. I, I I have a team of six walruses, and then I have two Celios and two Spiels. Oh, this will make you really happy, Sam. My girlfriend doesn't, this is a total tangent, but my girlfriend doesn't really like Pokemon or hasn't really liked Pokemon. So I had to figure out, of course, what her favorite Pokemon was. So what we did was we went through all of the Pokemon I had in Pokemon Go. <laughs> Uh, and we just sort of went one by one in Dex order, and she was sort of indifferent to all of them except for Sfeel. Sfeel oh, is her nice. favorite Pokemon. Sfeel is good. everything. Oh. There was the Sfeel, like spotlight hour this past month, and we had to leave the apartment immediately to catch Sfeels. Nice. So yes, I, I know Sfeel got a bunch of hype during Worlds because there was that one judge Twitter account or something. It was wonderful. Yeah, the two little yeah. sneakies. And then there was the large feel on the Pokemon Center that cost $500 that I very much want, but cannot yeah. get. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, if it was the full walrus, I definitely would have got it. But 500 for the baby is too much for me. They did a side event at Arlington Regionals where I think it was just one uh, side event ticket to enter, so probably like $5, and it was like ring toss. And if you got all three of your ring tosses in, like, the center of the target or whatever they had, you could win one of the giant spiel. So, just saying, it's an option. You can get very good at carnival games over the next few months, and you might be able to get one, too. Not only spend your time practicing Mm. competitive Pokemon, but also... (laughs) Also carnival games. Yeah, Yeah, no, (laughs) all all of my time is going to go into the carnival game, and I'll have no practice on Pokemon, like like I normally do. You always do well when you don't (laughs) practice anyway, right? I need to practice. Like, I'll focus on some other thing that won't matter, and yeah. But anyway, back back to the championship points. Um, As far as I know, we still haven't had another update on Locals. It still says uh, early 2022, and they don't have any points tables for how many 
those are going to give out this year or if we're still getting PCs and MSSs or if we're just going to go down to one thing like we used to. Uh, it's kind of a big deal for invites because if you look at the people that got their invites the last couple of years, it's usually a 50-50 mix of local CP and major CP. So potentially having only a month or two to get your local CP, that uh, that's a significant amount of most invites that people won't have that big of a chance to get. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for those who maybe don't have as many locals, it might be a bit of a stretch. And, and since we're coming out of COVID, um, in terms of even finding tournament organizers and getting that sort of, it might take a bit to even get those CP events running, even once they open up again. So I'm hoping that right. they maybe can announce, like like it says early 2023. Uh, I, I definitely stocked that all yesterday since, you know, CP stuff went out. Um, but I'm, I'm, I may be ex not expecting because it's hard to say expecting of anything, but anticipating maybe early March might be a great, might be maybe a, a good time um, because after OCIC in terms of like travel stipends and everything, you don't really, I don't know if they would want to open locals up in the last few bits of right before the OCIC uh, race for the EUIC stipend. So who knows, or maybe it will be, you know, June and then and there's no CP locals. We, we don't know, but I do hope that we get information on that in January. Yeah, because if you have to get all of your points from majors, that is a lot more money traveling yeah. or a lot more pressure to finish in the top like four to eight every single event you go to. Yeah, yeah. and only a few people can do that. Right. Yeah, as a rule, only four people can be top four, which is like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm saying it like it's a joke, but like you have to think about that. A lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to make plans assuming that I'm going to top four two regionals this year or whatever, but there are more than four good players at every regional. And like, yeah, especially <laughs> like in most years, you got about 200 players max at regionals. So it's top 2% then, but now we've got over 500. We have people, people fighting for the last seven spots in San Diego. So you, you have to be in the top 1% of pretty much <laughs> everything you go to. All right. Um, so I guess we'll transition into our next topic, which is the first regional is coming up in just a couple weeks. Uh, we've got San Diego. And as of this recording, the team list builder is still not functional on Arcanine. It is down for I'm guessing updating. Yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, I know Arcanine is working very hard and especially since uh, they, so they basically have to get information from Pokemon about the new stuff to import into their thing. It's fancy. So most of the time they're waiting on Pokemon to do things so they can actually start updating. Yeah. So I know that they're working on it and hopefully, you know, um, I think they normally get the team list stuff up by the Monday before the event, so hopefully it's working by then. Yeah, especially since the team lists are due the Friday before the event. So yeah. I'm sure they're they're they've... they're planning to get it all done. But yeah, let let's I guess since this might be a lot of people's first regional ever, if they were waiting for a fresh not segmented season to start their careers so let's kind of go over what you do at a basic regional um like what do you bring other than your team and game a water bottle water bottle 
Water is very important. Water's stay hydrated, folks. Hydration. Stay hydrated. So, I'll. I've got another question on that because the current COVID policy still hasn't been updated since, I think June. Um, are water bottles allowed again? Yes. So, um, specifically though, you have to. It's it's they've been calling it kind of like a dip and sip. So you can like quickly bring your mask down, take a drink of water, and then you put your mask back up. And that is um, allowed, which is really nice because I think a lot of, I think a lot of people were doing it before and it was kind of hard to, you know, they were trying their best to have people not do that, but uh, it's, it's, it's okay to have a, a water bottle. Um, definitely don't eat still, you know, unless it's in the designated venue and don't take your mask completely off to drink your water. But, uh, the fun little dip and sip method is it's definitely fine so you can stay hydrated during the event, which is very important because I know a lot of people really wanted to have water. So having to run across the venue to go uh, drink some water and like Indy was kind of rough. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other things I'd like to bring. I like to bring a notebook pretty much every time. I think even Usually with open big... team sheets, you'll want a notebook. Yeah. So yeah, the the thing is, I know most people only use notes to write down what their opponents have, but I have always been a write down what happens every turn kind of person. Uh, like write down what they led, um, if they protected last turn. I'll use it to count turns of like trick room or sand or screens and all that because yeah. now you have like four or five different field effects going on every single game. Yeah, for sure. So knowing when everything ends especially, at a glance is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with like terrestrializing, it's like, oh yeah, this Pokemon like they that they have terrestrialized because it it stays on when you like switch out. So forgetting that they've limited right. terrestrialize is, you know, you don't want to forget that and everything. And also, you know, if people because yeah. I know people still like to know what their opponents brought in the past, and so you can write that because you can't you can't take a picture, you can't you know keep their team sheet, so you still gotta. You know, unless you can memorize what their team was, you know, as you walk away from the table, you you probably want to write down what they had. And because some people I know like to see what their um, whole day was about and everything like that. Right. Though it'll be interesting because people were probably writing down, you know, everything on the opponent's team sheet and then like including all the moves because they'll get an open. So maybe I wonder if it'll take longer to get games started because of that or not. Well, okay. here's my question. Um, And perhaps someone will know how are we getting team sheets at the tournament so is it going to be like they print out a paper team sheet and put it at each table is it like i'm going to be able to look at it on my phone before so from what it said on the document which i don't have in front of me anymore um but it sounds like arcanine can print them off in multiple languages and then they will hand you your team sheet at some point and you will have to hold on to that for the entire tournament. So you have a paper copy of your own team sheet that you yes. are swapping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know that um, they'll definitely not want to have to rely on phones. Relying on phones is always a bad idea because of multiple reasons. Um, yep. And then, um, so, you know, either they might have it so that um, they have team sheets provided and you have to write yours, but then again, it can cause eligibility issues. Or there might be a player meeting we have not heard of that in forever, but we might have a player meeting because that's alphabetized, and then you can pass out yeah. team printed team sheets then, and then don't lose your team sheet because that's not good if you lose your team sheet because the staff might be like, don't lose your team sheet, and they might get mad at you if you lose your team sheet. Because in Pokemon Go, they, uh, we, they, we, 
I did Pokemon Go this semester, uh, season, first half of the season. So we printed off team sheets, like the team preview sheets, because they don't have team preview, which is fun. And uh, we were able to give that to them. But if they lost it, they got a game loss if we had to reprint it. So I'm not too sure how San Diego may say, oh, you know, you will reprint it for free or you might get a game loss. But definitely don't lose it because that's bad. Don't lose it. Yeah, I guess another thing to bring then if you were worried about your team sheet would be like a little binder or a folder for your team sheet to go into so it didn't get damaged too. Yeah, Yeah, I'm thinking about bringing a folder. Yeah, um, I've heard of some players, I haven't seen this in Pokemon Go, but I really wish they they would start doing this, um, are buying those little uh, plastic inserts that you would use for like your book reports or whatever in school. Um, So not only does it have like a little plastic coating on it, so it doesn't get all crinkly and whatnot, but you can also wipe it down with like some hand sanitizer or something in between rounds and not ruin the paper. Um, So I think you can buy like a, 20 or 30 pack online for like five bucks um i might actually pick some up myself just to start handing out at events to people um just because it seems like a good idea right does that's a good idea folder would Hmm. work too yeah or maybe just or even if you know you don't want to carry around a big folder all day just having a switch case to be able to put it in there in between rounds if you need because you can fold it as long as i'm sure it doesn't get impossible to read with the folding I'm just going to screen print it onto a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's you fine. Go. You know I have seven wall reins. Whatever. <laughs> All with life orb and sure cold. Oh, I should screen print a t-shirt and just change some of the random things. So if they look at it and they're like, oh, you're Terra Ground. That sounds so morally dubious. <laughs> but the Maybe not. team sheet has the correct thing. Yeah, I that, guess. Uh, that that's kind of in the spirit of like naming your Garchomp Murkrow. Like, True. Don't do that. <laughs> Although it would be hilarious. Well, I've got to trust the team sheet. Got to trust the real team sheet. That's right. Yeah. This is how we yeah, preserve so. hidden information in an open team sheet era. <laughs> Which one is correct? The one that we were given, or the one that I say is correct? Look, yeah, he's in a costume of a Garchomp holding a choice band, but his team sheet says the Garchomp has an assault vest. But he's only used Earthquake for the first two games. What could it be? Yeah. I think it's uh, Explosion. <laughs> it's Explosion. <laughs> <laughs> well, explosion band would uh, do a lot, so maybe. <laughs> Terranormal Explosion, here we go. <laughs> oh no. People done that yet? I... I've, like, popped in. I don't think I've seen that yet. Yes. I've seen the Dragonite. Oh, they have? Okay. That's fair. I've, se- yeah, I've, I've seen people Terra Ghost the partner, so you don't have to worry about KOing your partner with Explosion, but I haven't seen Terra Normal Explosion yet. I think it's just uh, there aren't, like, many strong Explosion users in the format. Yeah, I, I saw Garganackle. Yeah, that's the um, strongest one. Do oh. that. But I also had a ghost on the field at the time, so I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Neat. They wanted to explode. They wanted to click the funny button. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no Snorlax, so imagine Belly Drum Explosion Terra Normal Snorlax. Woo! Let's not. Honestly. <laughs> Wide Guard, guard Nagan Hustle. <laughs> Easy. Now that the Titan is Snorlax, the Titan needs to learn self destruct. Yes. That's my take. Because the Titan okay. is Snorlax. Um, other things to bring, I'm going to say like a portable charger. Yeah, for your phone, been... yes, absolutely. Uh, Into your Switch. Um, the Switch docks will have 
charging, so that's not as worried. But yes, portable charger for your yeah. phone, very important. Although if if you're like me and are using a five year old Switch still, um, having extra charging for that is probably a good idea. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those batteries don't last forever. <laughs> no, and if you're in a situation where like. I don't know, for whatever reason, like, the power cord isn't working at your station, like, I, I feel like it's so easy to just throw a USB-C charger somewhere nowadays that you'd be better off having it and not needing it than the, like, 1% of the time you would need it. Right. Because, I mean, like, it's the peace of mind, especially when you're at a tournament, that everything about it is so stressful. It's like, it's much better to just try to eliminate any possible sources of stress, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, portable charging um, help. Oh, also, if you plan on playing any side events, those usually don't have the chargers. Oh, yeah, I remember so... having to send people across the venue to a pole that had a charging station that had like an outlet in Toronto. So, yeah. Yeah, I've I've done a handful of side events, and that's usually where my extra battery comes into play. Uh, not only for me, but also other players that find out quickly that they don't have the battery left, and so. Then they need to borrow a charger. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as battle setup goes for the tournament, do we know how they're doing it yet? Um, I believe in the the, in the outline rules that we got, um, it said that it's connecting via internet and that um, you actually have to have your switch in airplane mode, which seems okay. like counterintuitive, but I believe but because it's Ethernet, I believe it works that way. So you have your plane, and that also prevents your switch from trying to connect to other Wi-Fi's and such, which is what LAN had a lot of right. issues with. So, but in LAN we couldn't do airplane mode. So here we can use airplane mode and then only connect to the Ethernet, and then the switch can connect pretty easily and smoothly, hopefully. Um, and then you just connect online, and then play your opponent. Some big, really notes. Some big notes though is do not like you have to manually disconnect your switch from the internet. Um, before, like, you can't take your Switch out of the dock if you're still connected with your opponent, or else it can actually get you a 30-minute ban, because it, it, it counts as you're connected, oh. and then you, let yeah, if you manually DC, or, like, your internet shuts off, it gets mad at you, and then oh, if you can't... that's gonna be a problem. Exactly, so, very important to always manually disconnect from the internet before you take your Switch out of the dock. Did they say if they're going to be giving out penalties if that happens to people? Because I feel like... I mean, depending on the timing, right? Like, if you just get completely bodied and there's more than a half hour, then you'd be fine. But if you're, like, going up to the minute and then you just, like, you know, rough loss, whatever, you walk away without disconnecting, like, I feel like that would be a a round loss penalty after that, right? Because then you couldn't play. Well, I feel like... I think it might depend on what they completely decide on. Um, but, you know, maybe the first time might be just a warning, and then if you do it multiple times, it might be a, well, I guess it would, it had, would have to be two game losses, a round loss isn't actually technically a penalty, which is very interesting. Um, or they might just say, okay, you got a game loss, and then they allow you to do the wireless connection, which we, which they really want to avoid, because there were a lot of issues at Worlds when they had to do wireless on stream. Yeah, I remember that. So or hearing definitely, about that. Yeah, so they're definitely trying to avoid wireless at all costs. Um, I know that the disconnection isn't, like, the ban isn't instant. Like, I think you have to do it multiple times to then get the 30-minute ban. Like, it might just yell at you the first time. fascinating. So, yeah, because we actually had it in an online event um, that I ran on Wednesday. So, like, 
that the player had had the like their Wi-Fi disconnected and then they lost the round. Uh, and then in the ne their next round, they accidentally chose the wrong team. So they're like, oh, I'll just, you know, shut my switch off and have the right team. But then they got the 30 minute ban because they had disconnected. Like, uh... Uh, yeah, like that twice. So it should be OK if you accidentally do it once. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll have to hear the final say on how, you know, strong of a maybe not like penalty, but like strong of a warning or how much they really want you to not do that. I mean, definitely want you to not do that. But in terms of potential penalties yeah. um they're, they're going to have to be uh very explicit about all of this at the player meeting yeah they, abs they absolutely will mm -hmm. especially for san diego yeah yeah no they Scarlet absolutely will <laughs> pose their own host of problems True. yeah i ran a tournament on sunday and i was like oh we have four disconnections <laughs> this is fine and then i ran a tournament wednesday and we had six disconnections in a round and i'm like i am crying <clears throat> so we'll have to see how it yeah. ends up one one of the lines in the rules is uh, players are responsible for making sure their own game is fully functional. It's like, I don't think any of these games are fully functional at the moment. Yeah, how do I decide to make my Scarlet and Violet copy <laughs> fully functional? Like, if I could do that, I would. But Yeah. I'm hoping I... there's no, like, gameplay bugs. Like, I've heard of some, like, oh, I clicked Earthquake, but the game chose Rock Slide. Thanks, game. Hoping that does not happen. Oh, yeah. mm. And the HP bars showing different things yeah. on different that menus. Happens. Weather effects not being shown in some camera angles. And... Yeah, some Pokemon just not being shown on a lot <laughs> of Pokemon angles. vanishing. Yeah, uh, getting stuck under the ground, uh, appearing after they've not been knocked out. I mean, it's... upside. I really like the actual meta game. Um, which yeah. we're going to take... We have more things to talk about about San Diego before we get there. But, like, the actual Pokemon that's going on is really cool. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I I think the only thing that I would like to caution people about if they're going to San Diego, for, for what it's worth, is that just have patience. Like, I feel like every single time there's a new generation, especially if it's on, like... Oh, normally if it's on a new console, but in this case, I would say that Scarlet and Violet is basically a new console, the way that it's been acting up. Um, there's going to be a lot of issues, especially in the early rounds. It's going to delay the tournament. Nobody's going to like that. Um, but if you approach the tournament with that mindset already baked in and just know it's going to be a long day... Um, and just have patience and, you know, treat your judges with kindness. I, I think it just makes it a lot easier for everybody. Because um, I know that, um, I mean, past years, heck, I'm pretty sure, um, Sam, you would remember this. There was a San Diego or a SoCal regional one year that was going on the same time as a Portland regional. And I want to say yes. the, the Southern California regional was delayed like six hours Oh man! Yeah, like it was oh, really, yeah. really bad. I think and, I remember and they, that. Oh, man. That was another one where they had like four or five hundred people. And yeah. Didn't they go into like four or five a.m. or something? Ultimately, yes. Because oh, I remember look, checking at like one thirty, two in the morning, and they still had like another round to go. Yeah. So, like, I I think everybody's hoping that it won't be that bad. But maybe just pack a little extra caffeine, um, try and get a little extra sleep the night before. If there's significant downtime, you know, take a nap in the venue. 
just have patience. Like, I, I think it's going to be a great tournament, and I agree with what Toller said. You know, I think that there is a lot of amazing Pokemon that's happening. It's just the first tournament's going to be rough, and this year is no exception. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And always, you know, you feel free to ask judges questions. Um, do you, like, if you're confused on anything, it is just ask a judge. We don't want anyone to have a question and be like, oh, I thought it was this because of this. If you were, you know, at all you know, have confusion, ask someone. So in case like that might help the event run smoother um, and always double check team sheets as well. Um, because I know if there's going to, if, if by chance, because we have open sheet, um, there's going to be a lot more manual checks and a lot more team checks as well. And if there's a lot of problems, then that will poss- possibly delay the event. So we do want everyone to check their team sheets. And of course, always ask questions if you have any. We, do, we don't want to, we don't want anyone to be confused. We want to make the experience really great for everyone, and but it will be a very long day. So, yeah, caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> caffeine, <laughs> snacks, um, comfortable mask. I know that I have some masks that are, like, super heavy duty, but if I wear them longer than, like, five hours, my nose gets all shredded Damn. up. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, like, not that I'm planning on competing in San Diego. I, I think I'm going to compete at one VG event this year. Um, but for, for when I do, I was actually going to pack like multiple different kinds of masks just so I can rotate them out in hopes that my nose just doesn't want to die by the end of the day. Yeah. Just stuff uh, like that. Be be kind to yourself. Wear your comfy shoes. <laughs> you know, there are, there are members of the community that have been known to wear pajamas. And <laughs> oh. For good reason. That's on the table. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I do before like the event start is I will scope out the venue and find the most out of the way bathroom that will probably get the least amount of traffic that is still open uh and i will just use that one and not fight for the other bathrooms that is being kind to yourself mm, bathrooms are the challenge yeah not, uh, not for us <laughs> very true though very true <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there there was a philly regional once where the line for the bathroom was over an hour long and so the That's... men's room also took over at the women's room because yikes there were just too many people in line for the bathroom yeah i must have been at that one because i've been at most of the philly regionals yeah it was the only one i went to and like the bathroom had exactly one urinal and one stall oh and a sink i remember that charlotte 2017 or no charlotte 2018 was pretty bad yeah i they had like one bathroom and it was really gross Yes. Yep. And uh, my finger started bleeding during a side event, and the people at the hive didn't know where the first aid kit was. And so I went around and talked to like all of the vendors and everything else. And was like, I'm not going to wait an hour and a half to wash my hand off. So I like dipped it in sanitizer, and that just made it bleed worse. Yep. And then eventually I went back to the hive, and someone there said like yeah we have a first aid kit right here so i don't know what they were talking about the first time but yeah it was not ideal um but yes uh san diego i've been there once i believe um other things to do uh when you're not playing like maybe you had a buffer day or you ended up not cutting and making making it to sunday like 
95% of the people there who also are not going to cut be just because of how many people are playing. Mm -hmm. Last time I was there, I went to SeaWorld and did a walrus encounter oh. where I got to <laughs> feed of a walrus and then they, they kiss your hand. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So I highly recommend that. Um, but I know for that one, they also tied in a meet a beluga experience, <gasps> which was also cool, despite my crippling fear of whales. You can meet uh, a beluga? They, yes, uh, two of them. I'm very jealous. Um, but yeah, yes, they were very nice, and I did not fall in. So, Gabby, are you a beluga-specific okay. fan or like a whale yes. fan in general? No, I, I like belugas specifically. I love their little, like, head thing that you can, like, boop, and then it, like, jiggles. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Really, biology's peaked. Have you seen them in Chicago? Wait, in Chicago they have them? No, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, there's belugas that, yeah. Yeah, Chicago's <gasps> really, I really love their choir, the yeah. choir in the shed. Yeah, they have, like, they, at least the last time I went, I'm sure they still have belugas. Because they're, they're small enough that, you know, they're okay there. Um... And so they're really pretty, and yeah, they're head, they're little head. Is it like head fat? I don't know. I mean, I'd assume so because they live in cold stuff, so that's probably yeah. fat. I'd assume. Yeah, the little. <laughs> they're very pretty. Yeah. Um, the the Sea World there also has like dolphin encounters or otter encounters. If you like those. Oh, more. otters are a big. Or actually, seals are a big thing in some parts of California, right? Yes, northern seals. California. Yes. Yeah, northern. So many of them. Um, but yeah, that was just about all I did last time I was there. Um, any of you guys have touristy things to do in San Diego? I went to San Diego when I was like five and, uh, I okay. went to the zoo there. So the zoo is very good if you want less water. Ah. Yes. I, I heard about the zoo. I've not been there. Oh yeah. Balboa yes, Park a... is pretty. I, um, I was just there in October for TwitchCon and admittedly, like, TwitchCon took over the entire city, which I don't think the Pokemon regionals will be like. Uh, but there's a lot of good food around the convention center, like, within maybe, like, a 10-15 minute walk radius. Um, there were there was this one pizza place I went to that had, like, $5 pizza that was fantastic. And it was also next to a gelato place. Um, shout out to my friend Kenley, who dragged me there at 11 o'clock at night, despite my wishes. It was really great and worth it, ultimately. <laughs> Um, I've heard good things about the zoo. I've heard good things about the aquarium, but also like, I, I think the, the convention center is located in a really nice area. So even if you don't get a chance to like, you know, step away for too long, maybe if you are like the 5% that has to come back on Sunday for whatever reason, um, you, you still have an opportunity to see a, a good chunk of things at least. Are there any sandwich places around there? You know, I want to say there were. But my brain is only remembering, like, the the convention center sandwich that I had for lunch one day because I was just too lazy to leave. <laughs> um, uh. It was an okay sandwich. It, it wasn't I, – I don't think it was of the caliber that this podcast has set a precedent for. I, I tried to look up some ahead of time, but it was a bunch of restaurants that were either closed or looked questionable. But I have to assume they there's got to be somewhere with – good sandwiches that is not questionable over there, there are like infinite sandwich shops there have to right. be yeah there that's, that's what be. it seems like okay but, one question but I, have I have nothing for specific you all. to re-sandwiches yeah. re-sandwiches 
So there is a Cuban sandwich place in Atlanta mm. where I live. Um, and I don't eat meat. So, well, I eat fish, but other meats I don't eat. So my question to you all, would it be worth looking for a Cuban sandwich in San Diego? Because I've never actually had one and they're supposed to be good. The thing that makes a Cuban sandwich a Cuban sandwich, in my opinion, is the fact that it's on like really good bread, like a nice, like crunchy loaf with like a really soft inside, um, mustard and pickles, and then the meats. So if you could find like a good sandwich shop that can give you like the perfect bread, mustard, pickles, and then your favorite assortment of veggies, I would say that's probably pretty close to what a Cuban would be like. Um, I don't know if it would be possible to get a Cuban sandwich in name, like with substitutes or whatever. I, I don't really yeah. know what's available, unfortunately. Yeah, it might be ham specifically. It's just if I was in San Diego and I was looking for a sandwich, I would look for a Cuban place because that's just what I've been looking for lately. Mm. Meaning to try it. I think, I think it'd be worth it. It's the thing. It's like when you're at a regional... <laughs> looping back around if you have an idea of what kind of food in specific you want to eat and you're willing to go a little farther away you can often find some of the uh more niche places that won't be as frequented by your fellow regional attendees and that's always nice. oh yeah yeah that, that i have a handful of advice about that um if you're going and you're like meeting a bunch of people for the first time and you're all planning to go out to eat just remember that the more people you invite, the longer it's going to take to actually get there. Yep. Because they'll have to wait for someone and then someone else will drift off and you'll wait for them and it'll just go on and on and on. Small forever. groups are much more efficient. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have a large group, it's probably beneficial to call the place ahead of time and let them know. But otherwise, yeah, you are almost always better off just having a couple people go whenever they're ready and telling everyone else to meet you there. Yep. Bigger gatherings are better for like set places where you can afford to wait for long periods of time. So if someone has a big hotel room or something. Yeah. Or like if you want a big group dinner, just have it after you know the event's going to be over. Like call the restaurant ahead of time and have them set that up instead of waiting for 15 people to all just kind of march into an unsuspecting restaurant and then have to wait for two hours. Yeah, it might be a little rough though if if the if the event does end up being pretty long, especially with as as so far as we know, ten rounds. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm guessing it might, like yeah, so it might be difficult to even get a restaurant because I remember Dallas um, in 2020 we ended very late and then there wasn't really anything much open unless we had to drive 30 minutes away. So yeah, that might be <laughs> Saturday is going to be like everyone for themselves, like. It, Get food by yourself if you have to. Like, just yeah. do that then. But, like, Friday, Sunday, when you'll have time for the big group hangouts, just do it smart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to reinforce that a little bit, if this is your first event, stray podcast listener, and you've made it this far, if this is your first event, make time to see people and talk to people and meet people that you might only know online at this point. Um, I think it's one of the best parts of events, aside from winning them if you get the chance to do that, which you don't get to pick. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, maybe maybe it's more inconvenient to do the big group dinner, and maybe that's not what you want to do on Friday. But 
if you have time Saturday night, if it ends earlier than you would expect it to, or if you have time Sunday afternoon for lunch and you can get a lot of people together and um, get to know a lot of your fellow competitors, I think that's one of the best parts of this hobby in particular. So absolutely encourage you, even if it's inconvenient, um, to follow that path a little bit. And honestly, take pictures. Like, I, like I didn't take enough pictures, I thought, oh. before COVID, and I was like, I miss everyone. Take pictures at you know, with you, with your friends as a group and everything, it's, you know, just to have those memories and in, in a photo, it's, it's really great. And I have a lot of years of event photos and it's, it's really cool to look back on. There's no guarantee that you'll get to see these people again. Um, as I know from my long hiatus from being in school and events not working out, like, yeah, take pictures. Cause these are memories that are maybe going to be important to you, or maybe you'll be mad about them. You'll look back on them in anger. I don't know. Depends on how you take losses at tournaments. But, yeah. Magic erasing a lot of people out of photos. <laughs> what? <Ooh. laughs> and now That's it's time saucy. for a word from our sponsor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Um, and no, I, I totally agree with the more photos thing, Alyssa, because, like, that's something that I struggled with too. Um, you know, from going from pandemic or pre-pandemic into the pandemic. Um, like I, I was just at like, you know, a, a couple of big events prior to everything shutting down. And then I was just like looking through my phone. It's like, well, why didn't I take a picture with them? Why didn't I take a picture with them? Um, and I, I think that it's a really important call out that for most of us, like this is supposed to be a social event. Um, I, I mean, yeah, some people just really enjoy competing. And I think that there's definitely, um, you know, I'm not saying there's any wrong way to attend a Pokemon regional, but um, don't forget that you're supposed to have fun. And if, if you find yourself, you know, not having fun, maybe ask yourself, you know, what would make it fun? Would it be knowing that you're going to all go out and have brunch the next day? Would it be um, just leaving um, and then coming back in the morning and crushing some sides? Like, it's it's okay to have that moment where you realize you're, you know, have dealing with a tough loss and it's a competition and you're not having fun and it's okay to then change your approach so that you too still have fun. So, yeah, yeah you also have to remember that most of the people there are not going to have a winning record. So exactly, if you don't have a winning record like you had an average day. It's but obviously no reflection of yeah. Obviously, everyone listening to this podcast is going to get top 16. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. everybody top 5%. I believe in all of every, every single one of you. <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of regionals myself where I've kind of flamed out. Um, I could list them. Man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite. Some of them I've handled better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I've been exclusively successful. Okay, um, staff now. It's fine. right right but it's like it's just going to be something that happens whether you've won worlds before or whether you've never played before or like sometimes you'll be on on the spot on that day and things will go well and everything will be fine but you can't yeah as everyone else is saying if you put fun first and you make this you know something something worth doing regardless of whether you win or lose then uh i think i think you will win either way exactly Yeah. yeah yeah I also played in better. Indie, remember in Indy when I, I did bubble very depressingly. Um, I had a great time because I loved playing the team I played and it was still great. I'm still a little salty, but I still have great memories on that. 
As you can tell, I'm still salty. Yeah. <laughs> like the the first regional that I had um, a negative record at was probably one of the more fun ones that I played because up to that point I had either cut or bubbled pretty much everywhere, and then this one it I, again I I had a losing record, but the teams that I played against were just amazing. Um, there was I was running a Vivalon. And that was, was the Hail Satan where... team. Yes. I've been telling what? people about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Vivalon's Pokedex number is 666, oh, and yes. it was a Hail team. So, Hail Satan. Ah, of course. Um, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had one round where I missed my compound eye sleep powder on their Reuniclus, and they set up Trick Room. And the next turn, they flinched me with Psychic. The, ah, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, because it was a, king, <laughs> it was a King's Rock Reuniclus. The open um, team sheets will prevent you from being surprised by this, but you won't get to uh, you won't get to avoid it completely. Yeah, um, there was a, another player that had an Ursarang. Uh, I put it to sleep, and the same turn that I used Sleep Powder, they used Sleep Talk. Oh, they just immediately called it, and I didn't. Yeah, was, they got the guts um, facade off and just one shot at your mind. Oh no, no, no! It gets better. Oh, it gets the better. next turn, they just clicked the regular attack. They called the one turn wake up and they got it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Part of the cards. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. though. And then Woo-hoo! the the last round where I needed to win to just break even. Uh, my. Tyranitar, Ancient Powered, something next to a Charizard. I got the Ancient Power boost, but there were still two turns of Trick Room. And Sun was up and they had Solar Beam. Oh, and I was at low health. That'll do it to you. So I, I, I lost because I got a speed boost from Ancient Power. <laughs> That's what you get for using Ancient Power, Fidget. <laughs> yeah. On a Tyranitar. <laughs> On a Tyranitar, on a hail team. (laughs) Yes, it was a hail team, so I didn't want sand. I wanted Unnerve, and so that's how it worked. Why does Unnerve have to go with special ancient power T-Tar? This is not for us to question. (laughs) I stopped stopped questioning him in, like, 2013. That's very fair. Uh, I remember I got bodied by him with uh, his Breloom, and uh, it was uh, a Giratina Origin. That was. Mm. Oh, yeah, I remember that, that was. Team. You... That was my potato team. I don't remember. I, you probably do not remember it. My nicknames all were all potato in different languages, and it was the Driftbloom, Groudon, Lele stuff. Not... Which one was Kartoffel? If you had one, uh, it was Kartana. Okay, perfect. Good yeah, choice. that's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's an objectively correct um, nickname. Congratulations. Do you, you happen <laughs> to remember what my team was there because uh i have a google doc of all the teams i've used at regionals and i didn't write that one down because i i didn't practice ahead of time i just kind of oh, really? threw it yeah, together as i was there um, i know you had a breloom and i couldn't beat the breloom and then you <laughs> okay. had a giratina that, that like and it me. didn't end well i bet i had it in a notebook somewhere i can get it for you at some point but yeah i did have a breloom yeah because i think that is the one regional where i just have no idea what i used because it was it was very last second. Actually, speaking of being salty for long periods of time, I remember this story when you said that you were still salty about a loss a long time ago, Alyssa. 
and I just wanted to make it clear, I am actually still salty. Like, when I go and revisit the memory, I can feel myself getting angry about how I lost in the 2010 Nats LCQ. 2010 oh. <laughs> Nats uh, No, LCQ. Mine, was, mine was recent. Yeah. I, I bubbled off of uh, Down Pair. Um, oh. Yeah. yeah, I won. I won. I was 7-2, and two, and I bubbled off the Down Pair. Yeah, no. That's yep. far more painful than my than my story. I've done that before. That's still that's also still tough though. Bubbled on an up pair. Yeah, it's twenty ten's a long time ago. I I still am salty about a few of my losses, honestly. And it was part of the reason that I switched to doing more commentary and honestly probably would be judging right now if the commentary thing didn't play, pan out for me. Um was because I realized that like I was still feeling salty about the 2010 Nationals LCQ, for example, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are two and, ways to do it. Either channel it or acknowledge that it's not healthy and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm working on the latter one. I'll let you know how it ends up panning out long, long term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've basically just stopped practicing over the last 10 years because it, it sucks when you pour hours and hours into practicing and then random stuff like king's rock reuniclus happens to you i still you can practice do. practicing is good yes I, i'm not saying fun. Practicing yeah. it's so Isn't fun good. i love showdown ladder um, okay showdown ladder not but, as fun <laughs> but yeah like if you aren't enjoying the practice then like it, it's yeah not yeah. not super worth doing after a certain point it's the same as what gabby said earlier right it's like fun first even like every part of yep. this game fun first and that will lead you to the most rewarding stuff that you do remember my quillfish i had so much fun at that regional with quillfish and i remember distinctly clicking destiny bond because if my opponent misplayed and hit my quillfish then i won the game and they did that and they were like oh okay um and then they lost to quillfish so that was a fun time i did terrible but it was so fun does sound fun. It's great. Quillfish is in this format, right? Yes. I think it is. It is legal. It's not Indeed. great. I can right. promise you that. <laughs> well, it's never been great. It's always just kind of been there with some fun, unique options. Overquill has potential. It's not here yet, though. <laughs> it's not here. But that that means that Quillfish gets uh, Eviolite now, actually, now that I think True. about it. Oh, Ursaring yeah. with Eviolite. Ursaring with Eviolite is scary, man. Yeah. It's it's so beefy. It has like 500 BST. And then you accidentally oh. burn it because you forget that it has guts. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> you might as well just click forfeit. GG's. Open team sheets, I... Gabby. Open team sheets. This was before <laughs> I was... knew open te- team sheets were happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was unaware that it got evil light now. I no, it, it doesn't this. get unaware. It's guts, Fidget. Not unaware. <laughs> no, no, no. Guts. I, I'm unaware. <laughs> I, I, I knew it had guts. Um, unless things changed, because I know a handful of Pokemon got sharpness. abilities swapped out. Yeah. Population bomb is affected by sharpness, fun fact. What? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, no one, no, like, clearly the mouse hold thing can't get it, but yeah, it's along the list. Well, it can. Well, it can, but, uh, sort of. I, mean, I don't know, if this, does it have, entra- the, uh, does, like, a lay or something have entrainment? Because that'd be fun. I mean, there'd be no point, right? Because the sharpness boost is the same as technician. 
Ah. So like, oh, it is. Oh, does Mousehold point, detect? I haven't checked this. Mousehold has technician. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. That's technician, so friend insane. guard. It gets like the best abilities in the game. Oh dang. Well, I think it'd be fun yeah. to have it as sharpness, just to like, you know, you're you're, you're just, you know, I think that'd be fun to have a sharpness. Okay, the last one is cheek pouch. That's not as that's not as good. Yeah, it's okay. Two out of three. <laughs> Two out but of yeah, three. it's like they're with Behemoth Blade and, you know, Slash or whatever, and it's like Population Bomb. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> so, what I want to know is how Mousehold is slashing things. Why is Population... Like, what is going on there? So, I don't know. So does that have a different name in other languages That's where it might make check. sense? Yeah, let's see. Population Bomb is... Oh, crap, I can't read. <laughs> Nezumi-san proliferation. Proliferation. I, poof, I've got nothing. No, Nezumi-san. Nope. I, I have no clue what the reason would be. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know how, even if they have it a different name, what would what, what the name be that would relate to sharpness? Do you sharpen people's bones? I'm concerned. Ah! <laughs> now I want yeah. fan art of Mousehold presiding over a sea of corpses. How about no? How about no? <laughs> That's just I, Mousehold is a family man and and woman and and also literally a family. And also children. <laughs> and also children. <laughs> Maybe some um, uncles and cousins. And... So yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about Mousehold and the other things that are currently going on metagame because, like, I know Mousehold has been like kind of a standard at this point between its two fun abilities and just the absurd amount of damage Population Bomb can do. Yeah. I made a big map of different standard archetypes Ooh. yesterday, but I don't know how useful that would be to just quote on the podcast. So what I will say about Mousehold in specific um, is that you most often see it right now with Annihilate because when you lead Mousehold Annihilate on ladder where yes. no one knows what team you have, you could be either beating up your own Annihilate, population bombing the opponent's Pokemon, population bombing your own Annihilate with a Terra. The Annihilate could be Final Gambit. The Annihilate could be Bulk Up. The Annihilate could do literally anything, as could the Mousehold. And so the opponent... And you have to play differently against all those different outcomes, so the opponent is kind of just left out to dry. Or they could, like, follow me and Bulk Up that turn. Like, you just you just have no clue. It's it's crazy. I guess that's... Yeah. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Sounds, Sounds fun though. Terrible. It's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's the fun in Pokemon. The stress, right? That's that's what that's I have fun with that. Wow, we're different people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm very excited about the open team sheets because you know right away what you can and can't do. Agreed. Like I think it's been a long time coming for Pokemon, especially. Like I've seen some people online saying that like information, um, the information game has always been like a key part of Pokemon, like revealing certain moves, not revealing certain moves. But which which I agree with. Like yeah, that that has been a key part of the strategy. Um, but the downsides to that were that if we wanted to pull good matches for streams, p- players would get upset because then they'd be like you're ruining my tech or you're showing my hp numbers or whatever so that was always like something that was a point of contention um especially when like you know there'd be like a super hype match um and we'd want to share that with people and then the players may and see that as well now everybody knows this stuff 
Um, and, and the other part of that too is, um, you know, there would be some players, especially if they come into a tournament, um, do very well, but they don't really have a network of players out there yet. You know, they might go into day two, um, for the single elimination rounds and just not have the information that their opponent has on them and lose as a result. So like, while I'm not necessarily convinced that having open team sheets for the entirety of the tournament is where we're going to be long-term. I think it's really great that we're trying them out, and I hope that some form of open information sticks with VGC moving forwards. Like maybe, maybe for online ladders, that'll always be closed team sheet, and you'll just have to deal with that when it comes to those, um, you know, ten championship points or whatever the winner of those things get. Um, but for in-person events, I think it really evens the playing field, and I would argue it makes it even more difficult to make some decisions sometimes because a lot of times people will be like, well, does Gothitel have ally switch? If so, are they going to use it? Now it's like, well, I'm just going to put yeah. ally switch on my team and maybe I don't even click it, but my opponent's constantly going to be thinking about it because I know that they've read the piece of paper I just gave them. So yeah, what I think honestly more about, like it's honestly a different game in a, in a way because it is, um, I feel like can yeah. it, you know, um, I can't think of the word, but, like, with optimal plays, because if, with the Covert Cloak on, like, a Murkrow, like, okay, that thing can't be faked out, so I don't have to potentially waste the turn faking it out, but now I can know, okay, True. it's not worried about it getting faked out, so it's probably going to do Tailwind, so now I can do something in response to that Tailwind now rather than later. Right. Um, I wrote a blog about this that you can all find on lavapool.party. Fantastic URL, by the way. Thank you. Um, about why I think uh, that the open team sheet probably opens the door for more surprising and unique Pokemon uh, going forward. Just because with the closed uh, team sheet, everybody gravitates towards the safer standard Pokemon because they're mostly surprise resistant. So you're not going to auto lose to like Covert Cloak and all that other jazz oh yeah since there are less surprises for you you don't have to play as safe when you're team building you can have your fun little guys um and even if they know what you're doing you still aren't going to accidentally shoot yourself in the foot by doing it yeah i think people are not people in general but a lot of the people that are worried about open team sheets one i would say we haven't done it before so let's try it that aside, like, a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, they're going to be able to map out the whole matchup. They're going to know that my Heracross is holding a Choice Scarf right away. I mean, how am I ever going to, like, make the strategy work where I was planning just one-shot their Hydreigon on turn one? Um, and it's like, okay, sure, someone might be able to anticipate that your mod is holding a Choice Scarf, so they know they can't just one-shot it right away, but... A good player would manage that possibility, potentially. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're always fighting people that would, but, you know, I mean, like, as you get closer and closer to top cut, people will be better and better at, ha at handling unknown information and mons that more, most people don't use. Um, this is actually the, the argument that Wolf made um, in his long video on the subject, which was, like, he said that he, as a top player, has tried most of the weird stuff that people could bring. Um... That one really resonated with me because I spend most of my testing time trying strategies that no one ever sees that I've tried and just losing ladder points. Um, sure. But like, 
if someone fights me with Frostmoth at Orlando, I know what Frostmoth does. So, <laughs> right, I know it a little too well. Um, and the other part of it is that like people really underestimate how much of dealing with a strategy has to happen in team building rather than at the you're in the match stage. Mm. So it's like absolutely. If I didn't have a counter for your choice scarf hair cross that's going to be much more important than me finding out it was choice scarf game one and then figuring out how to beat it so if yeah. you make a really insightful meta call or something really creative or do a, a tweak that really affects a matchup it will still affect it either way because people won't have built to respond to that sort of thing so i i kind of agree with sam this might actually help you yeah and it, honestly it still provides the pressure of hey this thing still exists i still need to deal with it whether it's in game one or in game three, like, you have to still work with it, or, you know, if you can find something that, you know, if you figure out a way you can, um, uh, words are hard, um, if you can figure out a way to beat it, that's great, but yeah, like, as you said, like, if your team building isn't there, the pressure's still on, like, it's, whether it's a surprise or not, the pressure's there, the thing is still there. Yeah, and the thing when you're using, like, weird Pokemon, too, is early in the tournament, you have to guess if your opponent does know what it could potentially do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they don't know that, they're going to make some really strange erratic plays that you maybe didn't anticipate because they don't know what they're doing. And so sometimes that works out very well for you, and sometimes it bites in the butt. But then later in the tournament, you have to start guessing not only do they know what you could put potentially have but has someone told them what you do have yeah so you have to be playing under like four different contingencies and they just have the one and it just makes things a lot trickier for you um which is why people tend to gravitate towards the standard things because they know the flow charts on both sides yeah so like even if you're losing more with those you at least understand what's going on and so it feels more comfortable even if Maybe it's not always better. Um, whereas now with open team sheets, you can just do the fun things and make comfortable plays re- regardless of what you have, which is nice, I think. What's kind of fascinating to me from a philosophical standpoint is like, are there strategies that get better because they know what the opponent can do? Like one of them that I've heard in some smaller circles, um, for example... Well, there are two. Okay, there's Dondozo and there's Gothitelle. <laughs> and it's like, Gothitelle, knowing whether or not it can fake out, is a big deal. Um, Dondozo, knowing whether you have clear smog on your Amoongus, because some don't run it, that's a big deal too. It can decide whether or not they even want to bring Dondozo to the matchup. Right. Um, so it's like, the, the person playing the more gimmicky strategy, air quotes... Um, has to have a tighter game plan and is more affected by deviations from expectations. So, like, I get the Dondozo was good, but it has a very particular play pattern that's predictable. Um, so knowing when that play pattern will work or not could affect how viable it is, how much it shows up at tournaments. I Who knows? Exactly. We have seen it do a lot, so I guess we'll have to see how it does in IRL events. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so let's uh, speed up this metagame stuff. Uh, anything super specific you guys want to shout out at the moment? No. Okay, so 
<laughs> okay, no, it is. <laughs> I know I've talked a lot about this, but this is. I've been practicing and, and trying to get a hold of this metagame. One thing, one thing for the viewers. So, Enosh uh, Shachar, uh, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it right, but Enosh uh, puts out a puts out a newsletter um, each week now that where he's summarizing his opinions about the metagame. Um, and on the most recent one, he highlighted someone who'd gotten to the top of the showdown ladder with like a 90% GXE, which means that the showdown ladder algorithm expects you to beat 90% of opponents that you fight. You usually have to have something like a 90 or 95% win rate to hit that sort of thing. So it's crazy that someone has that. And the team was Mimikyu, Baxcalibur, uh, Meow Scarada, Golden Go. Oh man, Mimikyu, Baxcalibur, Meow Scarada, Golden Go. And some other stuff. <laughs> um, okay. But it was like very fascinating and it wasn't something that people have been using because people have not been using Mimikyu or Baxcalibur almost at all. So my challenge to the viewers or the listeners to the podcast, have you seen this team? <laughs> if you have. I, I have not. I've seen a lot of Baxcalibur. Yeah, there's been a lot. I think it. what it looks to me like is a semi-TR team, but I don't. When it's you were walking through it, I, I also read it as a semi-TR team, especially since Meowskarta can set Trick Room itself. Um, mm -hmm. But I I have not seen any any Baxcalibur at all on my little corner of Battle Stadium, so... It was the last two... Oh, yeah, the last two were Water Tauros and Garganackle. Wow. Okay, that has to be Trick Room with Garganackle. Yeah, the Garganackle got to be there. Yeah, right? I think he's always a great Trick Room setter, so... I know we're getting to the trick room meta time after the hyper offense. Mm -hmm. Also, there aren't a lot of good fairies in this format. So, like, I can see uh, Mimikyu being good in quite a few situations. Um, especially, yeah, lo looking at the top used Pokemon right now Goldingo, weak to ghost, Murkrow, weak to fairy, Garchomp, weak to fairy, Hydrogen, weak to fairy, Annihilate, weak to ghost, Armor Rouge, weak to ghost. Miascarado, weak to fairy, Grimmsnarl, weak to fairy. So, yeah, it, it's got some fantastic coverage. There's been an increasing number of non-Bellydrum Azumarill popping up, as probably just, like, the fairy water typing is so hard to get. Because, I mean, without Scald, you don't even have good special attacking water types anymore. So, like, Azumarill being both the fairy and the water coverage kind of makes it sing a little bit. I see what you did there, and then I don't approve. <laughs> it was subtle, but I liked it. No problem, no problem. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. But I, I wanted to shout out Murkrow just because it's one of the things that I'm trying to avoid while team building, but I keep coming back to it because Prankster Tailwind is very good. Um being a dark type and immune to taunt while having prankster also very good uh and yeah the having taunt or haze itself and even like quash and foul play it, it's got a very nice move pool i just wish it was uh a little either bulkier or could hit a little bit harder and also wasn't like on a third of every team because <laughs> then uh less people will have their flow charts for it but everybody does. 
and it still seems like it's going to be very good to use anyway. I like Warcrow, so I, I'm cool with it seeing, seeing it everywhere. I've used it, I used it in 2017 Nats, and that was really cool. And then I use Mercury sometimes in Sword and Shield, so I, I, I think it's cool Pokemon, so. And I'm, I love Hyper Offense, so I like clicking the Tailwind button. Yeah, like I, I've been messing around with a bunch of other Tailwind users, but eventually I get paired up against other Hyper Offense teams, and it's like, I'm, I'm gonna die before I click Tailwind. Yeah, Killwatcher is really cool. Like, I think it's a great Pokemon, and like, it, you know, it, it also gets Tailwind. But yeah, if you can't click Tailwind before the other, you're like, oh no. I think yeah, if this format lasted all the way to Worlds, which we aren't expecting it to, um, you know, we're expecting to get access to Paradox and, um, and the Ruinous Pokemon eventually. But like, if it did last all Maybe. the way to Worlds, I think Murkrow would stay in the metagame the whole time. Oh, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't think um, I don't think it would have quite top three usage like it has in some tournaments, but I think it would continue to be a viable archetype the whole time. So it's one worth putting practice into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially since um, there aren't a lot of good ground types other than Garchomp, which like having things you can earthquake next to is always good. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of how long this meta is going to last, we also got the announcement that Oceana. Internats is going to stay Series 1, even though the Battle Stadium currently has that listed for ending at the end of January. Yeah, that was definitely a surprise. I was like, what? Because that's like at the near the middle of the end of February, so if Series 2 happens, that we, I, I'd assume we'd get the announcement of what Series 2 will be uh, January 1st, and if that's, if that's different... You know, it'd all be interesting to see how people are still practicing Series 1 for this, and while well, Series 2 might be something else for online events. Or also then, is Orlando going to be Series 1? I don't th- I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. Um, like, if, if it's going to be Series 1 or Series 2, because everyone's been expecting it to be Series 2 since it's February. Yeah, there's always the chance that, like, it, it could be just Series 1 again for the next season. They could also just add the event terrestrial pokemon that they've been doing like they did the charizard and i think what was what was the next cinderace. one cinderace cinderace that was another cool. fire um yeah cinderace would be very cool um just another goldango amoongus counter <laughs> yeah, I was say, it's very, very similar to yeah. me actually <laughs> yeah yeah but then um, the, the protein only procs once a turn no, not turn, per on the battlefield or something. So I wonder how Yeah. that would work uh, out. But yeah, just uh, fun fun typing. I imagine they don't add Cinderace or Charizard until after home has been implemented. Yeah. I think that my expectation that very, like very well be. exactly one regional in series one feels wrong. Because like we've all been playing the format for we'll we'll have all been playing for two months by yeah. Oh, there's Liverpool too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but two February 21st. But one regional per region. Yeah. Well, not even yeah. Australia <laughs> or Latam. Yeah, um, exactly. Th- th- it feels like, given that what they can do is add Paradox Pokemon and add Ruinous Pokemon and maybe add Pokemon Home Pokemon, depending on DLC, because you have to be able to get them in the game too. Um, it feels like they would definitely make Series 1 go at least until March, in my mind. That's yeah. speculation. 
No, I, I'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah, I've, honestly. I've been loving this format. And also, it's been so rough. Like, I'm sure everyone's had rough times, and also is an online TO having rough times in running, like, leagues. And it's like, okay, so we have Series 1 in this month, and then we have the change to this series the next month, and that was always a rough time. And I know people... I don't think people particularly love it changing so fast. Like, I think 2019 was good, but the... You know, it took, like, three to four months, but two months, one month is just so, so fast to have a meta and then just change it because in the last two to three weeks people aren't just interested if there's nothing you know important going on for them to practice it so it's like okay well this series really only lasted one month so i i it'd be really nice to see series one stay for until end of march agreed um but yeah let's let's roll up to one of our last topics here the grassroots tournaments check-in uh what's going on where can people play what, what's coming up? So USPA is starting their like team selection, so we're getting everything um, all finalized. If you're still interested and didn't know it existed, um, you can still sign up for your team, given they haven't finalized their roster. We, we still oh. need some for some teams. Um, Time or, to go you look. Know, <laughs> yes, yes, you can, you can still join. Like, sign-ups, like, we kind of had it so that sign-ups, like, generally closed, Um because we wanted teams to have time to actually get a roster together, but we still are allowing people to, of course, still join. Um, and the week one is right after San Diego. Uh, that's going to also, uh, and the league will actually have open team sheets as well, uh, to, because a lot of people really wanted it for practice for online, for uh, in-person events. So we're doing open team sheets, and week one's right after San Diego, so I'm really excited for that, because I know a lot of people had a lot of fun last time, so season two's start up real soon. Um, and then on the Hatterene series side, we've been running some monthly events and then um, working on some major event in the works, hopefully working on uh, that for beginning of next year. Um, that'd be great. I'm very excited for a Scarlet Violet uh, Hatterene series major because I absolutely love running them and they're so great. Um, and then um, I've been running some events uh, with the uh, X9 League. We've been running some pop-up events to try and, you know, just get people some time to practice. Just, you know, just quick best of one Swiss and then best of three top cut. Um, a lot of people just really just, it's just practice because, you know, uh, even like best of one can be practice in with open team sheets. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's one of the stuff I've been, you know, I've been working, I've been currently active in. Uh, I know there's, uh, once kind of we get IRL events starting up, There'll be some more events like Rose Tower and such, but that's still a little bit on hold because, you know, we're just getting everything moving and getting adjusted to Scarlet Violet. Yeah, that that's a lot. <laughs> I've loved how active it's been. So big shout out to the TOs like you, Alyssa, um, but everyone that's been yeah, running I, events. Like, I, it has I, been I have, cool to see so many people playing. I have no idea how you do that much. <laughs> fun it's, it's stressful that's why that's why lot. i like it because it's fun and stressful yeah, See? yeah. <laughs> right yeah sounds great <laughs> it's I the blood pumping it. absolutely especially when you have six dcs at once it's a great time yeah. and they all have different error codes every single one every i don't understand <laughs> I, like one time because like in, in sword and shoe we had kind of like the same ones and then like one time we had both players got the same exact error code and i'm like what so i i yeah, it's been a learning like, curve. Like yeah, Battle Stadium, like most of the disconnects end up not counting for points. Yeah, that's not fun. But they'll still give you your 
LP or whatever. It's like, okay, so the disconnect was nobody's fault, but... Uh, don't get me started on the yeah. in-game economy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Tara the Deli Bird event is going on. The Deli Bird please? event. Do the Deli Bird event. Oh, fight. What? Is, what is this? 30,000 Deli Birds. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? That seems like a lot. So there's a Deli Bird event. It's like the Christmas event, um, like the raids. And uh, the Deli Bird events give you a lot of Terra Shards. And Ooh, I know Terra Shards of all are... Types? Yes, of it any type. It will give you... Well, it can, I but think... it gives you four types at a time, I believe. Oh, okay. It'll give so... you five okay. of each. But it's not like oh, the Charizard one, where it was only dragons or whatever. Like 20 dragon Terra Shards. No, it's yeah, not like yeah. that. Yeah, you can get the different types of Terras, which is really good uh, to have, because we're getting to IRL events, so definitely do some Delibird events. Highly suggest that. And there's the Delibird event as well. Um, well, not Delibird event, but there's the uh, mystery gift uh, Christmas thingy. There, happy Holidays. Yep, that. 50 Ice stereotypes. Yeah, it's the code is Happy Holidays, probably, I think, right? Yep. Oh. But it's like, yeah, Serebii will have the list of the exact code with the zeros. Don't miss that stuff, especially because uh, if you have like special attacking Pokemon, it is exceptionally hard to get the right Terra type and a low attack IV from raids. And because mm. our good friend Murkrow is important, um, foul play matters. So <laughs> yeah, your your attack IV will matter, and it can affect games at tournaments. So you probably need to use most of your Terra shards, changing the Terra types of your special attacking Pokemon after breeding them with the correct Ditto. Yep, and then also, if, yeah. if in IRL, if you put your team sheet wrong, and then you actually put the wrong Terra type, you have to change your team to match your Terra type on the sheet. And so if you don't have 50 Terra shards, that's bad. Yeah. Also, check your team mm. sheets. <laughs> yeah, have a friend proofread yeah. your team sheets. Yeah, it's open team yeah, sheets uh, now, so your friends can look at them. Yes, ho hopefully the team sheet thing will be up sooner rather than later. So you can put your things in there. I am so excited to see what people use at San Diego. This is going to be such a fun format and such a fun meta. Um, It'll be so great. I'm also really hoping that they fix the mobile version of the upload your team sheet. Yeah, because... I've, I've given them some feedback, and they absolutely take feedback very seriously. So, um... Because I, I think yeah. I had like two regionals where I had to do the thing where it's like scroll for 30 seconds to find the move and then you have about a third of a second to click confirm after that. Otherwise it resets to nothing. Oh, that also, and, oh, I did not know that. I, 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 yeah, I told so them you have to, to like, try go, to tap, avoid tap. the scroll, so I think they're going to adjust that if they can. So hopefully, because, yeah, mobile. And the team sheet submission's at 8 p.m., so... Don't want to. Yeah, it was like get three, three tries on every move to get it to actually take. Oof. And then I think I accidentally had Shadow Bone Chandelure on one of my team sheets. But I didn't <laughs> oh, get act checked, so it didn't matter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shadow Bone Chandelure, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was not ideal. I didn't realize until I was getting ready for the next event. It's like, that's not right. That's not what should be there. Um, but yeah, I guess that's gonna just about do it for this episode. It was lovely having uh, you guys back, Toller and Gabby. Um, any plugs you want to do before we head out? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, you can go first, Toller. I'd like to plug Gabby Snyder. Oh. She has a wonderful <laughs> Twitch stream. 
and everyone should watch it when she's on it, and they should also watch Gabby Snyder when she commentates defense. That's Aww. all. I don't, I don't have any other plugs. <laughs> well, I'd like to plug Toller Webb for being an awesome person. Um, I hear he, he was in school, and clearly that went well for him, so that's awesome. And he's also really nice. So seriously, <laughs> like... You're probably one of um, the people, first people who come to mind when I think of like accomplished players in the communities that are also just like genuinely nice people. So thank you for all that you do, and we're glad oh. to have you back. <laughs> I wasn't necessary. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I will say I've had my fair share of faux pas at events. Um, <laughs> there was. That I think time we all when... have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to greet strangers, but. I hope everyone uh, everyone endeavors to be kind in the community. I hope I'm not the only yes. one. Yes, and uh, Alyssa, uh, again, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your 90 tournament events uh, <laughs> to record this She's with us. She's actually running uh, one right now. Um, well, I'm about to get one set up after this. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Great. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah this any, has been great. Anything you want to plug? Um, I don't know too much. I mean, I, I've kind of plugged my grassroots a little bit, so uh, there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm Temporal VGC on Twitter. That I put a lot of information there, uh, especially with live events coming up. I will be putting lots of information everywhere. I can find a space that will be a lot of at everyone's, and I'm sorry for the pings, but please read what I have to say sometimes. Because information for IRL events is good. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you want to put any of that up on lavapool.party, like, just let me know and I yes, can get you in there. You can figure that out as well. Because you know, awesome. I love the I love the web the website. Yes, was really hard, yeah. but yeah, we can we can get some stuff up there. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much all, all I have going on right now. I'm I'm trying to phase out Twitter um and just focus on anything else very um, fair very which, fair which is so far been working out pretty well um but yeah love and pool that party for other ways to find this podcast and also the blog but yeah that that's about it i will be in san diego in a couple weeks so i don't know if we'll have another episode before then probably not i would have to guess um, but definitely after. Oh, I yes. look forward to you winning um, the event. I, I I would very much enjoy that. I still have to settle on a team outside of the like two Pokemon I know I'm running. As I've um, said to like seven different people, if you need someone to bounce ideas off of, I'm here. <laughs> okay, great. I, I will maybe do that this weekend after I'm done editing this podcast. Shoot because, me a message. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank all of you for joining us. Um, until next time, I've been Sam. I've been Alyssa. I'm Gabby. And I'm Toller. And we will see you next time on the Lava Pool.
in the top 1% of pretty much <laughs> everything you go to. Alright. Um... Christmas music. I don't know. Sorry, that was my doorbell. <laughs> I don't know why the doorbell rang. It is very difficult to traverse outside, so I don't know who's there. Carolers. <laughs> Carolers, maybe. Put them on the podcast. <laughs> Gabby, that's why, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm at that's the door. Gabby. Hi. Yeah. 